we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Well, 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 it looks like uh, last week's uh, podcast, uh, the earth-shaking news about the infectivity of our cells from these shots with the DNA is real, and uh, the evidence is unassailable. And now an Australian uh, senator is talking, is questioning their uh, FDA and CDC, it looks like. Uh, Jordan, if you could play that section. Yeah, so well, this is going to be Gerard Rinnick, and what he's trying to get down to is, um, you know, again, we've been told that this is not gene therapy, uh, despite the fact that most of uh, the societies prior to the uh, introduction of this technology into the uh, common uh, medical uh, terminology would have said it is. So this is just a... Uh, uh, Senator Rennick, uh, really confronting the uh, head of gene therapeutics uh, within Australia. Hey, I have a Pfizer document here from their own website. It you says, take that or circulate it so yep, you know what we're talking about. Gene therapies are a delicate <laughs> uh, intentional process encapsulating the desired gene. Uh, manufacturing gene therapies is challenging uh, and it requires certain steps, including transfection. That is on Pfizer's own website. I'm happy to table that. Uh, actually, I should read one other thing, sorry. And then I have also from the website of the American Society of Gene and Cell Therapy, because the vaccine, it's referring to the uh, COVID uh, mRNA vaccine, introduces new genetic material into cells for a short period of time to induce antibodies. It is a gene therapy as defined by the American Society of Gene and Cell Therapy. Uh, and then the TGA's own uh, Pfizer non-clinical report, page 19, says... The proposed commercial-scale manufacturing process includes use of linear, linearised plasma DNA template for mRNA production. So we've now got Pfizer themselves who admit that the mRNA vaccines are gene therapy. The American Society of Gene and Cell Therapy admits, admits the mRNA vaccines are gene therapy. And we've got the TGA themselves admit the DNA was used in the manufacturing process. Why wasn't the actual mRNA vaccine tested for genotoxicity and why didn't the uh, Office of Genetic uh, OTGR Therapeutics uh, look at it in terms of a gene technology? Okay, um, Dr. Rajpula, gene technology regulator. Thank you for your question, Senator. I think the first part about the genotoxicity, that question has been asked before because the Therapeutic Goods Administration was the approving authority for the vaccine products. That is a question for TGA on genotoxicity. In relation to your question around manufacturing, I think it's useful to put a bit of context around that in that um, the committee is aware the mRNA COVID-19 vaccines were fully formulated and imported into Australia, which meant that there was actually no manufacture of the mRNA or the vaccine product itself here in Australia. Um, if indeed the mRNA was being manufactured here and it's correct that gene technology was used in the modification of the mRNA, then under the Gene Technology Act, an approval would have been required for that manufacturing step. 
Oh, well, that contradicts what you've said previously. You've said previously no. gene therapy and gene technology wasn't used. Now you're saying because it was produced in another country that you're not responsible for checking uh, the gene therapy. So the Gene Technology it. Act gene technology. Doesn't, doesn't reach into manufacturing in other countries? But it still involves transfection here. It goes in, it transfects cells of Australian citizens. No, I disagree with that. Well, that's what Pfizer say. Even they admit transfection is a part of gene therapy. No, Senator. So you're, you're disagreeing with Pfizer, the people who actually made the vaccine, that transfection isn't a part of gene therapy? I think she's disagreeing with you at the moment. Well, it's not my Senator words. Rennie. I've just read out what Pfizer said. Welcome to my world. I think it comes down to a definition of what is a gene therapy. Yep, that's right. No, I'm, I'm relying on the manufacturer. But anyway. So, interestingly enough, I think this is a classic example of we never said what we said. But um, <laughs> I think it's basically they're trying to find little... I mean, it's almost like a lawyer trying to find uh, ways out of the crime, you know, little technicalities. But the crazy thing about it is when you think about it, you know, what is gene therapy? The ultimate goal with genetics is to produce whatever, you know, with a gene to produce the outcome of the protein. And what Rennick is trying to say there is even if it was manufactured outside the Australia, uh, which is, you know, who cares anyway? I mean, to, to me, it's still gene therapy. But on top of that, it doesn't make it not a gene therapy because at the end of the day, the actual genetics producing the protein, which he's saying transfection, fancy word for saying that's literally what he's saying when you get the vaccine. Uh, it's not complete until we really put it in all these Australians. So it is gene therapy. It doesn't matter, you know, <laughs> manufacturing process be damned. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of, it's almost nuts. And then she's saying, well, it's manufactured outside here, but the manufacturer themselves is the one that's saying it's gene therapy. Yeah. What's interesting to her is she is completely uninterested in what is healthy and right and good for the Australian citizen who she supposedly works for and is uh, charged and responsible for protecting. And she is saying that, uh, the vaccines uh, don't transfect themselves, I guess. Her circular reasoning is bizarre. Uh, and Reddick is just looking at her disgusted. I just read you what the manufacturer, the producer, Pfizer, says themselves. And you say that that's not true. It's just a bizarre world. It's like uh, when, when um, uh, Rand Paul would interview Fauci. Thou protesteth too much, because Fauci would get angry at him and call him all these horrible names, and you don't know what you're talking about. It's just absurd how awful, uh, evil a person Fauci is, and when he was being called to it, all he could do is just uh, try and belittle the senator who was right on target, right over the target like this senator was down in Australia. Yeah, and here's the funny thing is, actually, I'll go back and read when he said that's what you, you know, this is her testimony in February, um, which was very different than what she did uh, last week. But so, um, you know, basically Rennick says under, he basically says, do you have documentation of that these things aren't genetic or don't need to have approval of uh, the, uh, what we call gene therapeutics uh, arm? And he says, uh, for GM vaccines, yes. 
Where, and then Senator Rennick says, where they've written to you for the Pfizer one? Dr. Bullough says, no, because the mRNA vaccines are not required to be regulated through the OGTR, the Office of Gene, of Gene Therapy. Did they write to you and actually ask you that question? That's what Rennick asked. Dr. Bullula, no, because they're not required to be regulated through the OGTR. Senator Reddick, but how would they know because you're the expert? And by the way, gene technology involves both replication and transcription. Dr. Bullula, yes. Senator Rennick, which is what the mRNA vaccine does. Dr. Bullula, but the, co- but the mRNA COVID-19 vaccine did not involve any steps of genetic modification. Oh. Mm, really? Senator Reddick, they produce proteins, Dr. Jula, or a GMO. Chair, Senator Reddick, would you allow Dr. Bullula to finish your answer? Dr. Bullula, which meant that they didn't require regulatory oversight by the OGTR. Senator Reddick, well, I dispute that. Look up gene technology. But anyway, thank you. So, interestingly enough, at this point, Bullula saying they didn't. Yes, again, this isn't too long ago. This is eight months ago. She's saying, oh, well, they didn't. And now <laughs> when it has been pretty obviously they did because they utilize lots of DNA plasmids and those kind of things. Um, she's all of a sudden, well, it was done outside the country. So that's why I didn't do it. Well, so. it's done inside the country and every human that got it. That's the absurd exactly. thing. Uh, the, the, she's trying to dance around that point, And it's absurd. I mean, it's just absolutely farcical, and these people have gotten away with murdering millions. And uh, it's time that this stuff ends. And uh, I'm going to lead, this is, I think, an appropriate segue into an article that I wrote on 1819 News this past week uh, that goes right to the heart of this. And if you think about it, who in our state is most responsible for ultimately responsible for um for protecting the consumer i think everybody knows it's the attorney general and uh i hope that this is the final nail in the coffin for these awful shots because uh the evidence from last week uh with steve kirsch's interview of dr bridle and uh the other two scientists that we uh played uh, really is revelatory. So here was my article in 1819 News, A Pox Much Worse Than COVID Upon Our House is the title. The latest COVID bombshell is a revelatory acknowledgement by Canada's FDA that the Pfizer shots are contaminated with ominous strand, DNA strands that can quickly integrate into the human genome. The specific the specific stretch of DNA, SV40, is a well-known promoter of many dangerous changes to our DNA. With this recent public acknowledgement, a release delayed for several months, there is no more doubt that regulatory health agencies failed in their primary role of protecting the public. In fact, Pfizer shots were contaminated from the beginning and should never have been approved. Where now are the physicians and other health care workers who supported the official COVID narrative and actions of the public health apparatus? Today's professional medical professionals have done generational harm to our profession. It is past time for our health care system to take a hard look at itself and repent for the, from the egregious abuses so pervasive over the past four years which have caused immeasurable 
destruction, injury, and death. It is time for physicians and healthcare workers to supported the COVID narrative, and I'm going to start calling them pro-COVID and our side being anti-COVID, to repent and speak out against the poisonous shots they now refuse to take themselves. Any physician that's not already educating their patients on the reality of the COVID shots needs to begin repairing the harm in which they have been complicit. Thankfully, only a very small percentage of Americans have taken the current COVID shots, technically called experimental biological gene therapy agents. Well over 95% of of Americans are avoiding these shots because of common sense. They don't work, and they aren't safe, like Dr. Scott Harris swore they were. Speaking of Dr. Harris, it's also time for public officials to confront the lies and stop the destruction. The governor, attorney general, legislature, county commissioners, and coroners, mayors, and city councils have been whistling past the graveyard for far too long. They should each put politics aside and demand answers from our public health apparatus that has heretofore avoided any open dialogue. Science is built on dialogue, yet none has been allowed. This must end. Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis impaneled a grand jury to evaluate the COVID shots. He and his state surgeon are also advocating to stop the COVID shots for citizens under 65. This scientifically-based approach is missing from those in positions of authority in our state. This is a good example of leadership in action, and we need to see more. Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall should demand real accounting for the dangers of the COVID shots since he is the highest protector of the consumer in our state. Additionally, the Alabama legislature can do countless things to reverse the evil and errors of the past four years. Likewise, the county coroners have an obligation to demand inquiries about the alarming rates of those who have died suddenly, quote-unquote, died suddenly. The Alabama State Committee of Public Health, which is largely composed of 12 medical association board members, should be disbanded. This board is responsible for hiring and firing the state health officer, but they have failed in their responsibilities in historically epic ways. The Alabama Hospital Association with leader Don Williamson has been calling the shots from behind the scenes in significant ways during the past four years, and this needs to end. Remember how his hospitals basically imprisoned our loved ones? This never should have been considered much less tolerated. In conclusion, a regulatory agency for a country has acknowledged a major problem with Pfizer COVID shots. They should have been removed from the market when that occurred, but they weren't. The Association of American Physicians and Surgeons and the World Council for Health have called for a suspension of the shots. It's time we heeded their call. Thankfully, the public doesn't trust the public health apparatus, promotion of them, and refuse to get any more. It is past time for their permanent suspension and an accounting of those who have done such harm. For evidence of the contamination of Pfizer and potentially Moderna COVID shots, watch the scientific dialogue between Steve Kirsch and three other scientists. And uh, if you go to Steve Kirsch's substack, you can see it.
Wow. Uh, it's finally, uh, hopefully, hopefully, finally, the chicks are coming home to roost. Uh, what's been so nefarious about this is, you know, when you think about it, typically when we talk about consumer protections, we're supposed to be protected from the false advertisement and false claims and promises of a company. Um, in this case, uh, we are talking about the government itself. Um, so it's almost investigating its own claims and its own um, recommendations. And I think that's where things get a little bit hairy um, because technically, uh, you know, these are things that um, have never really been thought of that the government would be the one that would be the false advertiser and the one not protecting the citizens. So because the government's there to protect, how could it be the one that is uh, that is putting forward the false claims. So it kind of opens up a whole new bag of worms. Again, no one, you know, when, when you talk about other products, those products usually are the manufacturer themselves saying this yep. and the manufacturer trying to get business. It's not forced upon the populace as if it's, if, you know, uh, by the government itself. So yeah, which goes to the whole point that uh, is so interesting in the times we live, Historically, Republicans uh, were distrustful of big government, and Democrats were distrustful of big business. Now we are in a fascist world where those two are in lockstep with each other. And if there is no never, there has never been a better example of it than with this whole COVID catastrophe. And they're both, and those both of those entities are not looking out for the best interests of the people at large. And with that, we're going to end this first segment. Uh, thank you for joining us on America Out Loud Pulse. It's with Dr. Jordan Vaughn. I'm Dr. Stuart Tankersley uh, on iHeartRadio. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout 
Don't forget, out loud 25 at checkout. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Well, in keeping with the segment uh, with Dr. Merrill Mass from last time, uh, we're going to stay on the <clears throat> ridiculous governmental actions and the revelations uh, that have co- been coming out more and more and more about our government's uh, evils against us. And I discovered a uh, in the hotel lobby a the judicialwatch.org, their... Uh, Magazine, their October magazine, The Verdict, and they have a very several page interesting article, uh, a partial summary of Judicial Watch discoveries surrounding COVID through FOI, FOIA, Judicial Watch has uncovered a substantial amount of information about the COVID-19 controversy, including the following. And this is a laundry list of things, but it's uh, astounding. It uh, should be astounding, but uh, we've become numb to the evils of our government, I think, in a large part. Um, here we go. Information about the role of EcoHealth Alliance in conducting gain-of-function bat coronavirus research in China with U.S. tax dollars. Of course, that was outlawed, but uh, they continue doing it. The Department of HHS records that including the initial grant application and annual reports to the National Institute of Health, NIH, from EcoHealth Alliance, describing the aim of its work with the Wuhan Institute of Virology to create mutant viruses, quote, to better predict the capacity of our coronaviruses to infect people. (laughs) Yeah, crazy. Uh, The next one was HHS records that include emails of then-director of the NIH, Francis Collins, showing a British physicians group recommended the use of ivermectin to prevent and treat COVID-19. More evidence that they knew these things, these agents are very successful in treating this virus that once again has an infectious fatality rate of those under 60 of 0.0003%, according to Dr. Uh, um, uh, uh, Ioannidis, John Ioannidis out of Stanford. Next, heavily redacted HHS records showing that just two days prior to FDA, FDA approval of the Pfizer vaccine, quote unquote, a discussion was held between U.S. and U.K., 
health regulators regarding the COVID shot and, quote, anaphylaxis, with the regulators emphasizing their, quote, mutual confidentiality agreement. Sounds suspicious. You would think our government would be looking out for us, but they were looking out for us in evil ways. Next, uh, in um, Judicial Watch's uh, current magazine, HHS records regarding data Moderna submitted to the FDA on its, quote, vaccine, which indicated a, quote, statistically significant, end quote, number of rats were born with skeletal deformations after their mothers were injected. The documents also revealed Moderna elected not to conduct a number of standard pharmacological studies on the lab test animals. Yep, not surprising now that we know the dangers from these shots. Next, heavily redacted records from the FDA regarding the COVID-19 booster vaccine detailing pressure on the COVID booster use and approval. Not surprising, we've known that for decades. You should not vaccinate into the middle of a pandemic. And once again, we proved that that is bad in uh, historically awful ways. Uh, Next is uh, HHS records detailing internal discussions about myocarditis and the shots. Other documents detail adverse, quote, events for which a contributory effect of the vaccine could not be excluded. Boy, howdy, they knew that, didn't they? Uh, Next, HHS records detailing the extensive media plans for a Biden administration propaganda campaign to push the shots. Uh, next, health, HHS records records reveal revealing previously redacted locations of COVID-19 vaccine testing facilities in Shanghai. Uh, the FDA had claimed the name and location of the testing facilities were protected by the confidential commercial information exemption of the FOIA. Um, next. NIH records showing an FBI inquiry into the NIH's controversial bat coronavirus grant tied to the Wuhan uh, Institute of Virology. Records also show that National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, NIAID, officials were concerned about, quote, gain-of-function research in China's Wuhan Institute of Virology in 2016. The Fauci agency was also concerned about EcoHealth Alliance's lack of compliance with reporting rules and use of -of gain-of-function research in the NIH-funded research involving bat coronaviruses in Wuhan. Yeah, that's... All of this, we... Common sense tells you uh, that this is uh, a... These things, types of things occur... Next was Texas Public Information Act records showing that the former director of the Galveston National Lab at the University of Texas Medical Branch, Dr. James LeDuc, warned Chinese researchers at Wuhan of potential investigations into the COVID issue by Congress. Hmm, giving them a heads up. Thank you, Dr. LeDuc. Uh, HHS records. Next was HHS records regarding biodistribution studies and related data for the COVID-19 vaccines showing how a key component of the vaccines developed by Pfizer, lipid nanoparticles, were found outside the injection site, mainly 
the liver, adrenal glands, spleen, and ovaries of test animals 8 to 48 hours after ejection, and then they stopped uh, looking at it after 48 hours. Just evil. Next, uh, HHS records revealing that a grant to EcoHealth Alliance was canceled because of press reports that a portion of the grant was given to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Huh, interesting. Not surprising. Next, HHS records revealing that from 2014 to 2019, $826,277 was given to the Wuhan Institute of Virology for bat coronavirus research by the NIAID. Dr. Wonderful Tony Fraud Fauci. Oh, man, we hope he uh, goes to prison for a long time the rest of his remaining days here. Of course, we, like all of them, hope uh, they all repent so they don't spend eternity in hell. Uh, Next, NIAID records showing that it gave nine China-related grants to EcoHealth Alliance to research coronavirus emergence in bats and was the NIH's top issuer of grants in the Wuhan lab itself. Records also included an email from the vice director of the Mm -hmm. Wuhan lab asking an NIH official to help finding disinfectants for decontamination of airtight suits and indoor surfaces. Yeah. Hey, you know that stuff we're creating for y'all over here that's uh, really lethal, potentially lethal? Do you, uh, uh, you, you mind giving us some help in uh, decontaminating it? Yeah. Next, once again, we're reading from the Judicial Watch's October magazine, The Verdict, and... Uh, Here are some findings that they have uncovered. Next, HHS records that included an, quote, urgent for Dr. Fauci, end quote, email chain citing ties between the Wuhan lab and the taxpayer-funded EcoHealth Alliance. The government emails also reported that the foundation of U.S. billionaire Bill Gates worked closely with the Chinese government to pave the way for Chinese-produced medications to be sold outside China and help, quote, raise China's voice of governance by placing representatives from China on important international councils as high-level commitment from China. So once again, Bill Gates loving the Chinese, not so much our country and citizens. Next, uh, HHS records that included a grant application for research involving the coronavirus that appears to describe, quote, gain-of-function research involving RNA extractions from bats, experiments on viruses, attempts to develop a chimeric virus, and efforts to genetically manipulate the full-length bat SARS-V W1V1 strain, WIV1 strain, molecular uh, clone. So uh, this is the original uh, strain. Thank you for all your help, HHS. Uh, Next, HHS records show the State Department and NIAID knew immediately in January of 20 that China was withholding COVID data, which was hindering risk assessment and response by public health officials. And of course, they drug their feet in time to give them plenty of opportunity to uh, destroy the evidence. And then we sent a guy that's been implicit with all this 
to go and investigate. I'm sure he did a wonderful job. Um, of course he didn't because they didn't find anything. Uh, the next is uh, on the list of Judicial Watch's FOIA inquiries, uh, HHS records showing that NIH officials tailored confidentiality forms to China's terms and that the WHO conducted an unreleased, quote, strictly confidential, end quote, COVID-19 epidemiological analysis in January of 20. Wow, I hadn't heard of that one. But uh, I'm sure it was very helpful for the Chinese and not for you and me. Uh, next, uh, or I should say the CCP, not the Chinese, because I think I read recently that only 6% six, six of the Chinese are members of the CCP. Uh, anyways, next is Fauci emails that include his approval of a press release supportive of China's response to the COVID-19 novel coronavirus. Yeah, remember, Fauci was uh, in awe of how much authority that those thugs have over in the CCP and what they were doing to their own citizens. It's so important that uh, doesn't look or sound anything alike. Uh, freedom that we are supposed to enjoy here. Uh, but these people, they know no uh, limits on how bad... Uh, they are, they're hopeful of making it on us uh, and the world at large, as Dr. Nass explained in our last segment. Well, Judicial Watch is doing some good work uh, looking through their magazine. But um, with that, uh, and before we close out this segment, a lot of times, as you know, try every week, we try every week to bring you some of the latest uh, pronouncements and uh, scientific articles out of the usually the preprint server as well as other um, data that we quote throughout, but uh, just showing uh, revealing more of the farce of uh, what has become quote unquote science in the last three and a half years. Um, there was there is an article from in the preprint server reproducibility of COVID era infectious disease models out of Australia. And uh, not surprisingly, remember, millions and millions were going to die from COVID within the first six weeks or whatever. That's why we had to put everybody in their home and make everybody, uh, most people, unessential, as our governments like to call us, um, or them. Uh, just an insane concept in and of itself. But there, in this article by an Australian group, of scientists. Uh, the abstract was infectious disease modeling has been prominent throughout the pandemic, helping to understand the virus's transmission dynamics and inform response policies. Given their potential importance and translational impact, we evaluated the computational reproductive reproducibility of infectious disease modeling articles from the COVID era. Very interesting. We found that only four out of 100, 100 randomly sampled studies released between January of 2020 and August of 2022 could be computationally reproduced using the resources provided. For the 100 most highly cited, cited articles from the same period, we found that only 11 were reproducible. 
Reflecting on our experience, we discussed common issues affecting computational reproducibility and how these might be addressed. So that's right. Uh, the world went crazy because uh, there seemed to be a plan in place to uh, maximize the fear and um, and cause all this hysteria, doing great damage uh, physically and death, of course, but also uh, the injuries to the economy at large and to the uh, socioeconomic situation and the psychological health of the communities and countries. And uh, this important article shows that the modeling that led to several of the actions, well, it doesn't even look like 10% of them were worthwhile, could not be reproduced. We're not accurate. Well, we've known that now, but uh, it's interesting that uh, the, this group of doctors out of um, uh, out of Australia, let's see, Alec Henderson is the lead author, Australian Institute of Tropical Health and Medicine, James Cook University, Townsville, Australia is the lead article, the lead author, and others that work with him there at the same location, it looks like um, his team does a, an important job of giving a, a very uh, honest assessment after action review of the ridiculousness of those that led us into this trap and how uh, how deceptive they were. Uh, obviously was intent, intentional, uh, given their planning sessions over the previous decades. But uh, that is a very important um, thing to honestly evaluate. Were they right in their computation, computational assessments? No, they weren't close. Uh, the vast, vast majority of them were not even close to being uh, reproducible. Then another uh, important article showed face masks to control the source of respiratory infections, a systematic review of the scientific literature before and after COVID-19. Alyssa Brown of the University of Washington School of Public Health is the lead author of this, along with uh, Allison Haslam, Department of Epidemiology, University of California, uh, San Francisco, and Department and Bene Prasad of Department of Epidemiology in San Francisco. And uh, let's see here. The objective was to determine the scientific literature on mask use as source control to protect others from respiratory infections before and after the onset of COVID-19 pandemic. And their conclusion, the quality of evidence in the published literature on masks as source control is lower after the start of COVID-19 pandemic, with notable shifts in methodologies, research subjects, setting, and author tone. <sighs> once again, once the lies started about COVID, they drummed up more sources of lies and uh, inaccurate studies. And this is a part of the results section. 195 articles met our inclusion criteria. The sample included 55 articles on source control published before the start of the COVID pandemic and 140 articles published after the pandemic began, um, representing a 154% increase. The percentage of randomized controlled trials and cluster randomized controlled trials declined by 95%, representing only 1.4% of the post-pandemic literature. Uh, so, yep, 
uh, and more and more. Uh, anyway, so the sham continued, as we know. And then, of course, in January, Dr. Tom Jefferson, a very quiet, thorough, um, serious scientist, finally came out of his shell because of the abuses that uh, the people in charge um, used to uh, hinder the release of the Cochrane Review that came out in January. He was the lead author of that Cochrane Review that revealed that, the, the, that in fact, something we've known for decades, that the masks don't work. So it's interesting that uh, these uh, Washington and San Francisco have people that are doing honest assessments, it looks like, and are calling them out for their lack of integrity once again. It seems to be a common theme, as we discussed with Dr. Nass earlier. With that, I thank you for joining us, and we'll be back after this break. Lean, pure, with premium ingredients, Global Healing's Pure Plant Protein offers 20 grams of protein per scoop, and it's a perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself. It combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption, improving digestion, and your gut health. Available in vanilla and chocolate flavors, elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with pure plant protein. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio.
these days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. By the U.S. with the agreement of other countries, and they have been getting drafted um, by committees of the WHO. The problem with both of them is they're turning recommendations into orders, and they're turning the WHO into the arbiter of healthcare for the entire world, um, using the guise under the guise of pandemics or biological warfare or anything else that would allow the Director General of the WHO to declare a public health emergency. And as a result, um, these documents are extremely troubling and controversial, but almost nobody knows about them. And the goal was to get them through the system, voted on by diplomats to the WHO, and put in force before anyone knew what they entailed. And uh, people are sort of amazed by them and find it hard to believe that they would actually entail turning over sovereignty for health to the WHO. How could our constitution and our government go along with that? And all I can tell you is they have, they yeah. will, and they're willing to do it because they want every other country to turn over their sovereignty to the WHO. And the U.S. government think, or, or the cabal behind them thinks they will be able to control the world in this fashion. And I think it's good where, for the first, if you look at it over my lifetime, the liberals don't trust big business and conservatives don't trust big government. But now they're in the same group. They're in the same boat. And the liberals of the past and the conservatives of the past that aren't involved or haven't or who have been played so horribly the last three and a half years are now coming to an understanding, whether it's Robert Kennedy Jr. and Children's Health Defense or whoever, whatever liberal entity in the past 
is now getting a lot of sympathy from uh, true conservatives and vice versa, I think, like we have never experienced. And then we had, of course, uh, wonderful James Taylor, who is from the, the president of the Heartland Institute, which has been a real uh, champion against the abuses of this climate uh, uh, climate cartel um, that's trying to take over the world through fear of that, and a bunch of bunk, hocus-pocus, and um, it was just a very interesting meeting overall, and of course, your uh, insight and uh, Michael Ashley's insight, um, who also spoke, y'all's insight into how they're doing what they're doing and how they've done what they've done. I think the uh, audience, uh, several hundred people, found very interesting, and I hope that um, uh, that kind of um, message is percolating more and more through the culture, and I think it is. I really do think that the culture is appreciating that we have the elites in our country, in the political class, and in the uh, huge billion dollar, the billionaires that have been controlling way too much, getting away with way too much. Uh, this has got the end. And uh, more light that is shown on them, like in Maine, with the situation, the horrible situation you've had to endure in particular, um, the more and more light is shown on these fools, uh, the more and more they're going to have to scurry like roaches when the light comes on. Uh, I was very appreciative of that. What, um, what was your sense of what the uh, audience, uh, how they were perceiving the talks? Well, I think we had an audience of, uh, who already agreed with us yeah. in large part. And I think we did have probably about 500 people in total. Yeah. Um, if you include those who came uh, just Friday and those who came just Saturday and those who did both, there were probably at least 500 people. And which is a lot for a state that only has seven hundred thousand people in it. Right. Um, so I had been here before two years ago at this conference, and last year I zoomed in because I wasn't able to make it. And so I think there there has been a building. Um, they actually had eight hundred people two years ago at this event, or maybe even a thousand. So um, I think. Alaska is a state where people are independent and they don't necessarily trust the government. Right. And and people have realized through the pandemic that there's less and less to trust. So um, I think they were ready to hear what we had to say. We didn't give them enough information on what they could do personally. I tried to give them some. Um, but in order to win this battle where we're really looking at elites trying to take over the world and the and the WHO is only one way they have to do that it's the easiest way so that's what they're trying first but they also have a method to do it through the UN and they have other methods you know they they're trying very hard to get us to fight each other and ignore them uh, and they have most of the international organizations that they've already taken over and so part of my talk um, showed how the European Union, the G20, which is the 20 biggest, most powerful countries in the world, have already acquiesced to this agenda. The World Bank, the, the United States, the United States in it, it tucked into the bill that funds the Defense Department last December was an agreement to go along with the International Pandemic Preparedness Program. So U.S. has gone along with it, and uh, one more organization, I don't know why, I can't, why I'm blanking on it, 
But um, anyway, the UN and the WHO. So all of all of these organizations have an identical agenda. Um, they are all in favor of spending trillions of dollars to ameliorate so-called climate change and hundreds of billions of dollars to prepare for biological warfare or pandemics. And one of the reasons they're doing this is they want to get us in debt. Another is that it, it's a justification for massive surveillance, for massively getting all our information, including our medical information, online where it can be shared. And they want to find more potential biological weapons, biological yeah. agents, and demand that nations share them with the with the WHO. Yeah, that's right. uh, this this is a completely crazy idea. We don't want more biological warfare agents. We cert and we don't want them shared. In fact, it's against the law. If you have one, you can't share it because that's called proliferation of a weapon of mass destruction. And we've got laws against that. But anyway, they're ignoring all the existing laws and trying to make up their own laws. And um, as I said, the WHO is the one that's coming up fastest. Because in May of next year, in only seven months, um, the nations will vote on whether they agree with these amendments to the health regulations and whether they are in favor of a pandemic treaty. And either of these documents um, are sort of poised to transfer sovereignty over health to the WHO. Right. And um, I think that uh, the uh, perspective you gave internationally and Michael uh, Ashley gave internationally and then, of course, you touched on the national level stuff, along with what Heartland Institute's James Taylor spoke to and State Center, Alaska State Center, Reinhold talked about. Um, it's, it's filtered all the way. The, this elitist trap has filtered all the way down to the state houses. And uh, like was mentioned, uh, I think the attorney generals and governors and uh, state, state uh, judicial branches, they can put a halt to it in large measure if they are not caught uh, behind the eight ball. And now is the time for them to act. I think that the, uh, I learned, of course, I've been involved in understanding how the traps have been laid for the people in, uh, in, um, in the state of Alabama, but Senator Reinhold talked about it being a problem uh, here. And these elites, these, the governor and uh, attorney generals in a lot of states, for some reason, they're blinded to what they're complicit with, and or or they're really nefarious and evil, and uh, they understand and they are going along with it. But they're, you know, the Constitution gave the right to the the rights to the states, and then uh, they could uh, bequeath them upon the federal government. And we've got it all backwards the last two gener at least two or three generations, uh, it seems like in our country. But um, there are ways to block this, and I thought uh, yours as well as uh, Senator Reinhold's uh, statements um, last slides to give us uh, action plans uh, were helpful. And uh, I'd encourage anybody when these come online to go to the last uh, COVID Alliance and watch them these talks and presentations. Uh, and we ended up having, I think, three forums where we took questions from the audience that were very helpful. Uh, kind of gave us a flavor of what was uh, what they were thinking, as well as uh, feedback on our talks in, in particular. But very knowledgeable, very knowledgeable. I was super impressed with the last of pulling together these experts, and then I'll have to add myself in there as a footnote. But these um, well-renowned uh, experts speaking, um, 
But uh, I just thought it was very powerful, and I was super excited to hear the stories from the people uh, understanding uh, the world is waking up to these nefarious evil uh, plans, and I'm so glad that uh, to be a part of here in Alaska, exposing them and clarifying them. But with that, I think that uh, we're going to um, go to break here and come back on the other side. But uh, uh, Meryl, thank you so much. Is there anything else you think there is worth mentioning right now? Well, thank you again on America Out Loud Pulse. I'm Dr. Stuart Tankersley uh, on iHeartRadio. Thank you. Thank you. 